It's time for Girls in Golf Podcast with your favorite hosts, Lex and Sarah. Ladies, when you're ready. Welcome back to Girls in Golf. I'm Lex, and sooner rather than later, I told you Kim would be back on the podcast. Ms. Johnson, thank you for filling in for Sarah while she's on PTO. Of course, back so quick. Here I am again. Can't get rid of me. <laughs> no, I think you have. I think you're gonna have a future. You guys are gonna see Kim's a great co-host. Um, it's a major week for the LPGA, which is super exciting, um, especially since this major, the ANA Inspiration, was supposed to actually happen back in April, and we finally made it. But I think the major story, ha, pun intended, for this week is going to be that the women are playing out at Mission Hills in over 100 degree heat. Kim, you recently played that course. I played it a couple of years ago. What do you think the ladies can expect out there? I mean, honestly, I feel like it's going to be a win if no one jumps into that lake before it even happens, just because of how hot it's going to be out there. Um, I mean, those greens are going to be quick. They're coming into this golf course um, in this COVID world, right? So they're going through testing. They're needing to stay within these confines. There, I mean, there's so many different factors that are going to be playing into this major. And with us kind of losing the key in our backyard this year, tier, um, like this is going to be kind of our home, our home game, quote unquote. And we have so many great Callaway staffers playing in this that um, it's going to be great to see what, what women can just stand out this week and just beat the heat and all the other factors happening. Yeah, we're definitely excited to watch um, Emma Talley, Georgia Hall, Madeline Sagstrom, Morgan Pressel, and Van Dam, who was just recently at the Test Center, um, Carlotta Seganda, and Andrea Lieb. They're all going to be out there, and they're going to have something very cool for their caddies to carry, a special major bag that we created that has some awesome retro colors and a bit of history from Palm Springs and the tournament all over it. These golf bags are stunning. They're amazing, and I'm, like, trying to find one. <laughs> <laughs> well, luckily for our listeners, we are going to be giving one away on the Callaway community very soon. So if you are not signed up for the community, go to community.callawaygolf.com, sign up, and you will not only get to enter in all of these giveaways that we do, including the major bags, some wedges, tons of stuff throughout the year, but you also get the chance to ask questions from certified Callaway instructors, such as Kim herself, and um, interact with people like Tina Mickelson, Annika Soren, Stam, and plenty of others who join the Callaway community. So go sign up. Um, and in a not-so-smooth segue, I'm going to say, Kim, you were originally on the podcast to talk about Big Bertha Reba, which we launched, or we introduced, I should say, um, mm -hmm. last week on Women's Golf Day. You can find all the information about Big Bertha Reva at CallawayGolf.com. It will launch in-store on October 15th. But today we're talking a lot more about women's golf. We started with the tour, did a little product, a little side spin, and now we're going into our women's golf initiatives, which is something that we are very proud of as two members of the Women's Task Force. And Kim, you actually worked with the founder of Women's Golf Day on a Callaway partnership. Yeah, so Alyssa Godet, great uh, woman who will be joining us here soon, actually, which is pretty exciting. Um, but we got to work together to start this sponsorship, this partnership in uh, taking over Women's Golf Day. It originally happens every year in June, but due to COVID, it was pushed to a virtual uh, launch on September 1st, which happened to actually coincide with our Big Bertha Reva Consumer Intro Day, which worked out perfectly. 
but um, it's a huge opportunity for us here at Callaway to partner with Women's Golf Day, and it's a huge opportunity for everyone to kind of see exactly what we can offer something, which is something for every single woman out there. We hope you enjoy this interview with Alyssa Gaudet. Alyssa, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. It's fun. Yeah, we're um, really excited to hear a lot more about your initiative, which we've been aware of now since um, you started it a couple of years ago. But why don't you give everyone a little bit of background on where Women's Golf Day came from? Okay, so it started in 2016. And um, the concept was that, you know, I've been in the industry probably since 2008. Uh, what am I saying? No, I've been in the industry since 2000. And um, as all of us, we've gone to these conferences. People, I think, have the best intentions. They want to get more women into the game, but didn't really know how to do it. And um, there didn't seem to be an action plan. So we came up with this idea, which would be a um, one-day, four-hour experience for women and girls. And the first two hours, women either take lessons. It would be 45 minutes on the driving range, 45 minutes chipping and putting, or the women that play go play nine holes. Now, if all of us just started to play tennis and we never played tennis, we're going to be with a bunch of people who never played tennis. No one's saying, let's go to Wimbledon. So I think one of the game changers was mixing the people who don't play with the people that play because that, that's the first two hours and the second two hours is social. And so we've asked all of the locations to follow this format. And it depends on when they do it. So it could be a breakfast or a brunch or a lunch or just a cocktail. And the women, and it could be a stay-at-home mom that's a scratch golfer and a CEO who's trying for the first time. So there's no rhyme or reason, but it really broke down the barriers, made women feel comfortable. I think also our whole thing was the women that play, please do a scramble, that it should be celebratory. This is like the birthday of women playing golf. It's meant to be really fun and easy and inviting, not intimidating. And everybody you can see, like, I, you, I don't have to say anything. We started saying, hey, everybody, wear red and white. If you just scroll through Instagram or on that day, um, those the day before, day of, and day after, it's, it's crazy. You know, they have, people are making cakes and cookies and everybody wears red and white. So it's really good. It's very celebratory. Alyssa, when you started this um, back in 2014, uh, did you think that it would grow to what it is today? Yeah, um, 2016. 16. <laughs> yeah. It started in 2016. This was our fifth year. No, I didn't. But we knew, you know, this was just a little side kind of thing that I was doing with a few veterans that um, that were in the industry, like Cynthia Howard from PJ Tour. You know, I ran the idea. Should we try this? And not even thinking it would be a business. You know, we didn't develop a business plan and execute this. So the reaction from the first year was so overwhelming. First year, we had 28 countries. We had 412 locations or something. I was like, and what are you at now? And now we have 900 locations in 52 countries. Actually, oh. My team keeps telling me it's like 56 or 60, but definitely over 900 locations. And, and that's the only thing that we um, require is that the location um, registers with us. And the event can be public or private, and they can charge a fee or not. It's their own like micro business for the day. And that's why we also have... Valderrama, Olympic Club, Westchester, a lot of private clubs, a lot that we've all heard of, even if you just watch golf on TV, um, that have decided to get involved. They do a member appreciation, but they're all doing it and they wear red and white and they love it. 
Yeah, the involvement for sure has grown immensely and it's really awesome to see you on the website, you have engage, empower and support as like these three pillars. Why did you choose those words? Um, I think it's a lot of what, um, what's going on? Oops. Um, a lot of what was going on, you know, we were just right at the cusp before there was a lot of this kind of women empowerment stuff going on. Think about it, we're doing it back in probably was thinking about putting it together in, in 2015 um, that given what we had known about, and we, I did take the data, like I am a little bit of a data nerd. I do love those studies and like, Hey women, why are they doing, they don't feel comfortable. They're for, they're very eager to try, but they're also very quick to leave the game of golf. And I didn't think it was going to be a pizza party or a fashion show that was going to keep them there, you know? So we wanted to engage women and, and, and then empower them to go on and whether they use it for business or, you know, we all know we on the inside or people who play or, or definitely work in the industry know all the benefits, but how could we, you know, have other women feel the same things that we felt. So um, that was the empower. And then it's just really support, you know, because sometimes when we do, especially any competitive thing or business, I feel like women have sometimes been very competitive, whether it's in business or competing in sports. And this was not about that. This is definitely support one another. And that probably brings me the most joy because when you do see those pictures, and I know that a lot of the um, media outlets picked up the ones like from Uganda and Morocco, you know, we take it for granted. We're in a very, um, developed golf country we're the largest golf country but it's a big deal you know morocco went from one event in 2016 to nine last year during ramadan nine events during ramadan i mean that's like they fast all day for days on end so the commitment is unbelievable we had saudi arabia last year the first time we had one there so it's it's really global we know our sport is global in general but this is um i think the women find the most satisfaction I do. I know every, that's the number one comment I hear is like, wow, I can't believe it. You know, you're wearing your red and white shirt then you look and there's like a woman in Ireland and women in France and women in Uganda. And everybody's like one day that we're all just super united. What about the outside support that you're receiving? Um, I know that we were a sponsor for you this year. How important is that to growing your initiative? That is really huge. I mean, this is our fifth year and I actually um, mean my background, you know, I've been in golf, like I said, probably since what, 2000 or what have you, but um, is strategy and consulting and branding and marketing. So, I mean, I kind of did hedge my bets in that I wanted to keep it clean. If you notice, there wasn't a bunch of little sponsors or things or, you know, tiki tacky or giveaway I really focused on getting all of the governing bodies, which anybody in golf knows is no easy task. So USGA, RNA, PGA of America, PGA Tour, LPGA, LET, they're all on board, every single one, and the federations. Because I knew for this to really, really have some legs, it needed to have that foundation under it. So we did get that support, and I'm the number one person that says, listen, there's so many men that have gotten behind this. This is definitely – nothing about you know male bashing or women or yes it has been historically male the sport but there's so many opportunities for women and there's so many men and I always say you just peel it back one layer and they have wives daughters um, co-workers that haven't had the opportunities or they saw it was more difficult for them and so they're more than willing to help so International Golf Federation World Golf Foundation from the beginning were super supportive 
And then you guys coming on is, is obviously it's it just kind of industry validation for us, which is, um, it puts everybody on task. Better not be guerrilla marketing us. <laughs> so, um, you know, which I tell people, we are an LLC. It is a business, but it's a business that feels like a nonprofit. It feels like an NGO. We want it to. Um, that's another thing about the events. We encourage every event to have a speaker and to have a charity component. It doesn't necessarily have to be raising money. If you want to do pet adoption or there's so many things because they've become a big community event that um, if they can do something that's just for the community, for women, that's of interest. I mean, even bringing awareness to breast cancer, you know, it's huge. So yeah, that's, it's been the support. We wouldn't be where we were without the support. And we're like, so super thrilled I think the fact that I tell everybody I had another um, interview this, uh, you know, podcast thing this morning. And it's like, not only did you guys come on, but then you launched the Reva. So it's like, they're not just sponsoring. They're really getting me. I had so many women that are like, wow. Yeah, they're serious. They're serious about, they're taking women seriously. And I think that's what this is. Women just didn't feel like they were being taken seriously. And at least with this, even within our industry, I mean, we have such a crazy critical mass. You can't ignore it now. I mean, that, this train has left the station. You know? <laughs> this is golf day train has left the station for sure. Definitely. You guys had to get very creative, right? Going virtual with September 1st and, and you know, 2020 being the year that it is. What do you see moving forward? Um, and like, how do you prepare for that? I guess, you know, obviously eventually there's gonna be a post-COVID world. And what does that future look like? Yeah, so um, historically, our, our, our events are always the first Tuesday in June. And then, you know, as you mentioned, we had to do a digital, we decided to do a digital day. Um, and I think anybody, all of us are really learning. I mean, we always hear this and it sounds so cliche, but through struggle, through disappointment, through failure, through whatever that you grow. And I mean, this has been such an incredibly difficult year. We weren't really a digital platform at all. I'm very clear. I don't want to compete in the content game, but we ended up getting 50 videos from all different Jack Nicholas, um, Annika, Michelle, we, Susie Whaley, the RNA, everybody gave us a video and it's pretty like, and we categorized them by inspiration, fitness tips, really simple, but it's meant to, you know, once again, engage women, keep them active. And we said, let's do that. We knew we have the social media and most women were used to the um, first Tuesday in June. So we just did that. And then, you know, for the event, we moved the date to September 1st and just asked people to do the most important thing is that people are safe, you know, for this year. So you can always join us online or just wear red and white and put it home or, you know, golf at home. But yeah. <laughs> A lot of them did. A lot of places are, you know, it's a lot better than others. So they were able to do events and they seemed like they did it safely. We saw places that showed up with masks and everything in their photos. So super happy. How can people get involved for either moving forward or going into the Women's Golf Day next year? Yeah, absolutely. So our thing always, too, I always joke was like, we bring the horse to water, but all those other governing bodies have to make it drink. So... Um, it's meant to be a launch point and that hopefully that the pro, wherever these women are, or somebody is telling them, here's your next steps. We do too. Um, we have a thing that we just developed. It just came out this year too. And it's our VIP program. And that just engages women more. So it's WGD VIP. It's on our website. Um, you can sign up for a free newsletter. And then there's also two other tiers that you can 
you know, get more involved and find out more benefits and things like that. I want to be able to connect women, you know, if you're traveling, whether it's in your same country or elsewhere that you can somehow get in touch. Um, and that's it. And point them in the right direction. Point them to Callaway clubs too, right? Get them in some, <laughs> get everybody swinging Callaway. We certainly hope so. But, you know, yes, getting more pe- women in the game is definitely the priority. Um, and if our equipment can help them love it more, then that's even better for us. Um, one last thing. How do you hope that your day and your organization can impact women, you know, outside of just that one day? Yeah, though this is throughout the year. Um, well, you know, that we keep sending information. Like if you're signed up, that's why the newsletter is important. So things going on, other events, like we're really okay with our one event. We may, you know, do six months because a digital thing, just some type of activation. If that we had like some content or speakers, I mean, we had already thought and we had planned for this year, a summit. I think I would love to do that at some point and whether that is virtual or not. I just think, you know, there's a lot of that out there, but I just think you can't get enough of, whether it's men or women that can provide, especially in times like now, you know, some type of inspiration or positive messaging or trying to get ahead or, or, or stay sane. You know what I mean? Like homeschooling or whatever everybody's doing. And a lot is being thrown at people um, that if we can help people do that. And, and for us too, it's just the levity. That's the thing like why people have, and that's what we always say, people, women are wearing boas and they've got, you know, cakes and things and having fun and, you know, dressing up, tutus, we've seen it all. And I think we need that. We need just to have some fun, light, not take everything so seriously because it's a lot of serious stuff going on. Definitely. There, there certainly are. Um, where can people follow on social and um, can you give your website just in case somebody hasn't been there yet? Yeah, sure. So the website is women's golf day, W O M E N S G O L F D A Y.com. And all the social it's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, um, and YouTube is, you know, at women's golf day. So pretty simple and hopefully you can find us. Yeah. LinkedIn everywhere. So we encourage everybody, jump in, try it, um, and we'll just keep, you know, spreading some positive energy and trying to bring as many people as possible into the fold. And it's for women and men, right? Either can kind of join. And- yeah, I mean, like, that's our legal disclaimer, but um, it, really <laughs> <is mostly, laughs> it really is mostly we don't discriminate against anybody, age, religion, sex. We said that, you know, because we're in so many countries. But it is predominantly for women. Um, it, we, do, we try to keep that only, I mean, if, of course, if men go, a lot of the instructors are men, a lot of the pros and people that do it. But um, we were trying to eradicate that, like, oh, am I wearing the right thing or so-and-so, you know, and just kind of really keep it an easy vibe because there are so many people. And the one, I did one in Virginia at Creighton Farms, um, and there's four women. I actually uh, started taking polo lessons. So <laughs> golf on a horse. Okay. I know. And four, I know. And I was like convinced. I'm like, oh, my golf game is going to get so much better. From <laughs> I don't know about that. But so four women came out that play polo, but have never played golf in their life. I mean, obviously, they're athletic, but 
Yeah, and they took to it. They liked it. It took a while, but it was pretty interesting to see. Like, in, who that, that's just like a natural. Why would they not, you know, be able to do that? So as many of those stories or people that we can get out there, the better. Should transfer yeah, to putting. Sure. <laughs> it should transfer to putting pretty well, right? Polo to putting? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Swinging, I guess. <laughs> and we'll develop a new, you know, roundabout kind of way of getting there. Yeah. Um, I still I want to try, but I'm afraid. I seriously, I probably will do it because I've done some crazy, like I've done some, um, I went diving with a golf ball and a club and a glove, like underwater diving, you know? But I want to try, I was like, because I have big Bertha, right? So I was like, I wanted to try to take that, tee up a ball, go with the horse, and instead of using the mallet, use the golf club. I'm a little please, nervous. Please, like, please put it on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> uh, trust me, I will, but I'm afraid what if I hit the horse? Like or nail, you know, if that's like really a, a not a smart idea, I'll have to talk to some they people smarter than myself <laughs> <laughs> in polo to see if that's like a a good idea to try. Maybe you ne- you never know. You know, innovation is is one of our favorite words, and if you find a way to innovate polo and golf together, then you know, all power to you. <laughs> yeah. And can I ask you a question? When is the sure. Reva going to be out everywhere? Because I've had a couple people already ask. October 15th is the launch date. So you can find it for pre-sale available on September 24th and then in stores on the 15th of October. Awesome. <laughs> well, Lisa Gaudet, founder of Women's Golf Day. Thank you so much for joining us on Girls in Golf. And for everyone listening, definitely check out their website, sign up to be a VIP member. And as we said at the beginning of the podcast, we're giving away a special major bag for the ANA inspiration this week. So go sign up for the Callaway community as well at community.callawaygolf.com. Um, Kim, thank you so much for co-hosting with me this week. And I'm sure we will see you soon on Girls and Golf. <laughs>